I'm Mick Torres. I'm Ashley Argoda. And, and we are Mismo. In today's episode, we talked about college. Yes, we do. I went to NYU for nursing, so totally not for acting, and you had a very different college experience than me. I went to USC for theater, and later switched to the School of Dramatic Arts, but then I also had a business minor. We talk about all that and our experiences, plus we had a big announcement to make and some great news. Enjoy! So we're talking about college today. We are. We had such different college experiences. Vastly different, Mick. Vastly different. In amount of time spent at college. <laughs> what we did with our time at college. What we studied. <laughs> what our colleges were like. Mm -hmm. The coasts of our colleges. Most things about it were very different. Completely different. I feel like you had enough college experience for me for 10 lifetimes. I suppose so. <laughs> but we're, we're going to talk all about what, really what it means for actors. So we'll get into all of that, but I wanted to start off the episode with a bit of really good news. From our fourth episode, Eli Staub, who if you listen to that episode, he's a high school senior. It was his dream to go to USC. Now, he is a phenomenal actor. We saw him in Burroughs on Broadway, but he's... He's trying to be a film director, and he applied to the USC School of Cinematic Arts. He left me a voicemail the other day, and I loved it, and I asked him if I could play it on the podcast, so here it is. Hi, Mick. Uh, this is Eli Staub. Um, I just remember when we were recording the podcast, and since then you said to keep you in the loop about whatever happened with USC. Um, so I just found out that I got accepted uh, into the film and television production BFA, and I am losing my mind because this is the best news I've ever received. Um, so, yes, thank you for being so supportive. Um, yeah, I, I just wanted to let you and Ashley know that, yes, I will be a Trojan. Um, so, yes, thanks for being so supportive, and yeah, yeah, thank you. Bye. You guys, I love him so much. I couldn't possibly be more proud of someone who's not related to me. I keep telling Mick it feels like our kid got into college. I'm just really excited for him. It's unbelievable. I tear up every time you play that message. Yeah, so I called him back, and Ugh. his parents are super proud. Um, he's been doing Zoom conversations with some of his fellow students who got into the program as well, and he's just getting ready for school. He just sounds so, so, so excited. He, when he was on the podcast, all he wanted was to be a student at USC. That's all he wanted. Yeah, he had that USC lanyard that I guess he had around his keys for all, all the time, just always. So I think he called Mick right or around the time it happened, but Mick didn't get the message, and I was checking the Mismo in Instagram, and he had posted a story and he was like, I got in. And it was like him making himself some coffee or tea or something like that in a USC mug, wearing a USC shirt with the USC lanyard and a USC hat, <laughs> just like all decked out and USC stuff. And when we talked to him, he was like, yeah, what I really want now, like I don't have a pair of USC sweatpants. I was like, oh, buddy, I think you're going to get that for yourself pretty soon. <laughs> yeah, he'll be well, he'll be well set up. I remember when I got in, the letter had arrived a few days 
prior, but my dad was on a business trip, so mom hid the acceptance letter from me until dad got back. She did? Yeah, because dad wanted to be there to see my reaction. So dad always, like when we were little kids, he would go on these long, you know, far away business trips and he would try to bring back a souvenir or a toy for us. But this was when we were like little. But now I'm, I guess, must have been 18, some senior in high school. So he doesn't really do that anymore, you know. <laughs> but he said, I have something for you in my suitcase. And it was a USC hat. And I said, what? Why did you get me this? <laughs> what does this mean? I had already been accepted to every other college. USC was the last one to respond. And um, I was pretty sure I was going to Chapman. But I get the hat and then mom had the letter there and I opened it up and it was an acceptance letter. I start jumping around the house and hugging both my parents and you know, that's just the most exciting part I think of, of all of it because the application process is such a lot of work and um, to get in just feels so, so good. So rewarding. I was just telling your mom when we were over in Laguna, my acceptance story for NYU because it was very odd. I had applied to a bunch of LA colleges or Southern California colleges, I should say. And I got into, I think all but one of them. And NYU was the one that I really wanted. But they had all sent, all my acceptance letters came in the form of like a physical letter. And then I was at home one day and I got an email from NYU. And it said something about being accepted into the program, and they're so excited to see me in the fall. Congratulations. But it was, it also didn't say like, congratulations. You know how it would usually say like, congratulations, you've been accepted into X college or like whatever college you're, uh, you're applying to. Didn't say that. It was just like, we can't wait to see you in the fall. This is everything you're going to need. And I was like, wait, what? So I didn't want to get excited about it because I wasn't sure what was happening. <laughs> So I was kind of like, I think I got accepted into NYU, but I'm not sure. So I kind of put my excitement to the side. But then I was also like, if I got if I got accepted, I should be shouting it from the rooftops. I'm going to New York. And then about a week and a half later, NYU sent a welcome packet. So I never got an actual acceptance <laughs> letter from them. But I did get a packet that was like, here's everything you need to know about your the time you're about to spend in NYU. And I was like, oh, so I like got accepted then. Like, this is real. Yeah. And then I told everybody. But it was such an odd, like, do I get excited now? Do I wait? Do I call someone? <laughs> What's happening? And then I finally got my welcome letter or my welcome packet. I remember there were different size envelopes, mm -hmm. right? The little standard size envelopes generally were I had been told at least that meant you weren't getting in and the big manila folders was like the welcome package really yeah but I got a lot of the smaller folders from certain schools that I applied to that were acceptance letters interesting it was just like a single letter you have been accepted yeah congrats <laughs> congratulations no welcome package for you but you've been accepted yeah so maybe it's because I knew you're gonna go to USC I don't know. <laughs> I also had a really interesting time applying for colleges because it was during True Jackson and I was homeschooled and my brother went to a community college 
So we didn't really have a lot of experience in applying for universities. And we didn't know it was something that you had to start kind of early, like in junior year. It's when you start looking at stuff and, and looking at the colleges you want to go to. So it was my senior year in Drew Jackson, and I didn't know you had to take PSATs. I didn't know you should be studying for the SATs. I didn't know how hard they were. I didn't know you had to take all of your AP tests or, you know, do different applications for different colleges. I thought this it was just the general application, and you just sent it everywhere. And they were like, no. So we finally had a meeting with my counselor, which was in San Juan Capistrano, which is, you know decently far from Los Angeles, especially when I was filming. And she was like, well, did you get this part of the paperwork done? Did you get this done? How long have you been doing your PSATs? What was your score there? And I was like, I don't know what you're talking about. And I was severely behind. It was so scary. And I had like maybe three quarters of my senior year to go. So I was pretty like, it was really stressful doing all of it. I'd be like working during the day and then practicing for the SATs. I never took a practice test. I just You just took it? Yeah, I think my mom got me workbooks or something like that, you know, just the the giant SAT practice stuff, but I didn't take like an official practice test or anything. I kind of just wow. signed up for it and I went and then I took the ACT because my teacher, my set teacher, Miss Joanne, told me if I wanted to go to an East Coast school, they look more at your ACT score than your SAT score. Also, the ACT is a little easier than the SAT. It's based on what you actually learned in high school and not on, you know, the crazy questions they ask you on the SATs. So I took the ACT and I scored really high on the ACT because it was basically, it was like a, a unit test of everything I learned in high school. So it wasn't as bad, but it was really stressful applying for colleges. It was nuts. When did you start applying? Uh, oh, I was, I was definitely on schedule. Yeah. Everything planned and accounted for. <laughs> Took the SAT and ACT multiple times. Really? Uh-huh. Yeah, I don't remember what I got. I, I met a few times with a tutor, but, you know, my dad was very helpful with the application process. He is a published author and an editor, and so especially on like the college essays oh he read over my stuff i wrote about my heart surgery but i wrote it in a sort of a, a funny way talked about how you know serious things happen to people all the time and i just sort of chose to have a very lighthearted attitude about it and that helped me spend that time in the hospital like um for example, I asked a girl to prom by saying it would fill the hole in my heart if you would go to prom with me. He told me this on one of our like first few dates, and I thought it was cheesy and also amazing. I mean, it worked. <laughs> you can't really say no to that. No. How do you say no to that? Tell me how to say no. <laughs> anyway. So college applications were different for us. Well, but then also I had to audition for schools. Right. Yeah. So I was also working on my monologues. Oh, my God. I had so poorly picked my monologues. Just know, uh, when I look back on them now, I'm like, you know, I could pick monologues for an 18-year-old to do. 
out of some plays, but the ones I chose, they were all for men in their 30s or 40s. Mm, funny. I chose Benedict from Much Ado About Nothing, which I just did now, but now I'm yeah. old enough to play the part. And it's it's probably one of my favorite monologues you do. It's so good. Thanks. Then I did Speed the Plow, which I it was Gould. It wasn't even Fox. It was... Wow. So he's supposed to be like in his mid 40s. Yeah. And then I did one from Fences where I'm supposed to be, I can't remember, but I'm pretty sure I picked one from the Denzel Washington character. Wow. Who's like a 60 year old black man. Wow. And I did that monologue at Chapman for an African American professor. Mick. <laughs> You know, it was about baseball, so I just was like, oh, this is a good monologue for me, but it's because it's just talking about baseball. What a ridiculous choice to make. <laughs> what a, what unbelievable ideas I had at that time You're about so acting. You're so young. Yeah, and my high school, our theater program was run by the teacher who was really a tech designer, so our acting class was kind of... I mean, honestly, we he left us alone. He would sit in his office, and we had free time. And I would sometimes organize us to play some improv games and stuff and do some things. But unfortunately, I didn't have great acting training in high school. So that's what I came away with. And somehow I still got into all of these schools. USC, I ended up doing the Speed the Plow one. Speed the Plow is a David Mamet play about two agents and an assistant They're trying to get a screenplay greenlit. Anyway, so it's very like business oriented and I play this older guy who's giving advice to this younger girl who and it's he's a disgusting guy. He, you know, invites her over to his apartment to get her to sleep with him and but I did the monologue. It's very like businessy and then the professor said maybe you'll end up using your your business sensibility too because the day I went there, I went to go audition for the BFA program, and they basically said it's impossible to double major, but that was part of the deal with my dad. If I was going to go to USC, I had to also get some business education. So I said, I'm here to audition, but I'd like to be considered for the BA program because I, ha I have to also study business. So it ended up being a good monologue. It worked. I got in. And you went to study. You were pre-med. I went to the nursing program. Does that mean you were pre-med? No. I originally wanted to go to be a heart surgeon and be on my TV show at the same time. I Why like, not? I'm an overachiever. Why not? <laughs> I've always wanted to be a heart surgeon. And I thought I could make it work. And then, I mean, thankfully I got my show and I loved it. And my mom is a nurse and she was like, to go to school to be a doctor is really difficult especially if you're going to be working at the time, because she did ask, like, are you going to take a break from, from working? And I didn't want to. So she suggested going to nursing school because she said it's all the same prerequisites as if you were going to med school. Um, or so it's, I should say it's some of the same prerequisites. And she said, it'll still be in the medical field, so you'll still be happy. So why don't you go and do that? And I got into the nursing school. I did consider going to Tisch. I will say a lot of the True Jackson people, especially the ones who worked behind the scenes, also Greg Proops, they were pretty instrumental in me going to NYU. I wasn't going to go across the country. I always wanted to go to NYU, but I 
I don't know if it's because my family wanted me to stay here or if it's because I was working in LA or I don't know what it was, but for some reason it didn't dawn on me that I could go elsewhere or that I could go for something that wasn't acting. And Kopelman uh, and Andy Gordon and so many of the like amazing people I worked with behind the scenes of that show said, you know, don't go to school in LA because you've lived here all your life and college is an opportunity to go somewhere else for four years when you can still, you're still like in that weird in-between of like kid and adult. And they were like, this is the time. If you're, if you want to try living somewhere else, try living somewhere else, go see the world. I thought that was a really good point. And then I can't remember who told me this backstage, but you know, I'd been working. I started True Jackson when I was 15, 14 really. And I was on set every single day. And someone told me, if you go to, if you go to the Tisch program, if you go to a, a performing arts program of any kind, you would essentially be learning everything that you've learned on this set for the past three years. And it'd be a waste of money. It'd be a waste of time. And they were right. And it was kind of this opportunity for me to explore that other passion of mine and also take a break kind of from, from acting, you know, went away for the summer, go upstate. I see your face, McDora's. Eliza, I've got so much <laughs> on my plate. Yeah. So it, I was so skeptical to go for something else, but I was also really excited because, you know, I did True for a few years and then I went straight into Bucket and Skinner and I loved my job and I loved doing the shows, but the prospect of moving my stuff across the country and still getting to act and go to events and do what I needed to do for work, but getting to learn about something else for a little while, oh, it was so cool. Mm. I was so excited. And I'm really glad everybody encouraged me to go out of state because I think I would have probably gone to, um, I don't think I applied to USC. I think I applied to UCLA. Sorry. No, it's fine. <laughs> You know, it would have been UCLA or UC Redlands, which is, you know, where I grew up. So I wouldn't have gone outside of my comfort zone at all. I would have mm. just been, I would have just been here. And I'm really happy I, I got some life experience. It felt like I was living in New York City and then going to school sometimes because there's no real campus for NYU. Yeah. You just, you're literally just living in converted hotel rooms that they just made into dorms and going to your classes and coming back. But it never, it never felt like a school. It just felt like I lived in a different city for a while and it was awesome. Well, we've had so many different people from different schools talk about college on this podcast. Yeah. It's a, it's been a, a big subject. Yeah. Unexpectedly. One of the things that keeps coming up is working during school. And it, from basically from the information we've gathered from multiple sources, schools either don't encourage you to do work while, while you're in college. They want you to finish the program. Or they just don't try because it's frowned upon. So kids just stay and focus on theater while they're in school and finish their program and get their degrees. So I want to take some time to 
just explore what we think after having listened to all of these different examples of people on a couple of questions. Should actors go to college? I'd love to know your thoughts on that because you went. Mm -hmm. And I know sometimes you feel that you could have, you know, auditioned earlier, gotten agents earlier, and kind of started your career a little bit earlier than, than you did. Well, I think I, I say that a lot when I'm not feeling satisfied with my career and I look at why I'm not where I want to be right now. And when I'm feeling a little more positive, I appreciate what a great opportunity college was. My second question is going to be, should actors study theater? Mm. And I think it's good that I went to college. I use a lot of my business degree knowledge more sometimes than what I use from what I learned in theater school. Mm. I know like Dax Shepard, for example, talks all the time about on Armchair Expert, but he was an anthropology major. Uh, I took an anthropology elective class, and that was amazing. I learned so much about human behavior from that. So that could be cool. I think it's a case-by-case basis whether an actor should go to college or not. It's hard, because for me to look back and say I would be further along right now if I didn't go to college, there's no way of really knowing that. Yeah, I think actors should go to college. What I don't like is that it's frowned upon that they get work experience while they're in college. I think it's it's so impressive to me that when we moved in together, we finally got all of our stuff in here, we put the bookshelves downstairs, and it is filled, filled to the brim, you guys, with plays that Mick has read, and I... I mean, you, you mention it every day. Like, I feel like every day at one point you mention a play and I'm like, I've never heard of that play before. And a lot of it is because you read this stuff in school and I didn't. Hmm. And I think, I think that's amazing. What, the only thing I don't agree with, with college is that they're preventing kids from auditioning and being on set and, or not even being on a set, but like, Going, working in a theater, auditioning for theater projects, doing anything outside of the school, because that's just as valuable as what you're learning in school. You brought this up when we did our Living Spaces commercial together. <laughs> on our way home, you mentioned you loved watching me just exist on the set, and you said that I've learned how to just be on a set. And I never really thought of that ever, <laughs> because I've been doing it for so long. But they don't teach you how to be on a set in school. You never get any on-set experience. No. You're, in in fact, told not to do that. Absolutely. And existing on a set is a whole nother aspect of it. You can try and teach it in the class, but you will never really know what it's like until you're sitting on a set and you have to be on a set. And as we've kind of discussed... It's hard for actors to be on a set because you got to go through that crazy audition process before you even touch the set. So I think it's so valuable that that people go to school for this, that people go to college for this. I think that's great. And the only thing I completely disagree with is the fact that they're preventing people from doing things outside of it that would, I'm sure, benefit their studies as well. 
And it would set them up for more success in the long run, I think. I think so, too. It is frustrating that the schools in big cities where auditions are happening, you're just not allowed to participate in that. You're told not to. And the few smart students who broke the rule and got work, you know, I admire them. And I wish I hadn't been such a rule follower. It's so interesting to me when I went to speak at USC and those students were talking to me about, you know, really wanting to audition and go out for theater projects and, and just wanting to work, which is what they were going to school for in the first place. <laughs> These kids were like, you know, we ha- if we have auditions, it's really hard because the school doesn't give you credit for it. They don't encourage you to go. But this girl had a friend in the psychology department and that girl has a TV show on Netflix and the psychology department is completely supportive of it. They're giving her work ahead of time so that she can get it done on set and then come back whenever she needs to, to, you know, take whatever tests or talk to her teacher, whatever she needs. And they're so supportive of it in a department that has nothing to do with show business at all. Yet Mm -hmm. the department that is for theater does not let them do that and they don't support that. And I don't, really understand that it made me feel like I was stuck in college and just really wanted to graduate and get out and be able to start working the problem was I really believed in the senior showcase that they said was a huge deal I got in I was one of I think only six BAs out of a hundred or something who got in and that was supposed to be You go, you do a scene in a monologue in this room full of agents and managers and casting directors, and then you start your career, and you're good. And it just wasn't that. The management company that I ended up signing with, I had four meetings or something like that after Showcase, and the management company I ended up going with went out of business like two years later. Mm. So no one top tier, no one even second or third tier was there. Now let's play devil's advocate a little bit. We have also, I think, heard from people that the environment that they create for the theater majors, they try to make similar to what it would be like to be in the business. Do you agree? Not really. No, I don't think it's very similar. Um, I don't think so either just from hearing it, but I know that you lived it, so. Yeah, no, It's not what it's like to be an actor, but also being in business school is not what it's like to work for a corporation. Right. So that's fine. I don't necessarily expect that from a college. Right. Um, I had a teacher tell me that, well, we let everybody audition for all the shows and they get told no. And he said, he essentially said, live in this bubble of like the sort of rejections that you would get from the business and live in this bubble of school before you go out there and get told no all the time. I personally think that sets you up for even more failure because you have to have such thick, you have to be used to getting told no in this business. So to spend four years or however long you're in school in this bubble of knowing exactly what shows are coming up, knowing the parts you're going to be auditioning for, you know, having a lot of time to prepare for that maybe getting told no or like maybe getting going and getting like a lesser role it's almost like too much of a bubble for what we would really be dealing with 
So if actors do go to school, mm-hmm. how can they get the most out of that time there? If they go to school for theater. I'm not sure. I don't know. You went to theater school. Yeah. You tell me. Okay. I think joining a fraternity was the biggest mistake that I made at college. I did it thinking that the guys I was going to be in the fraternity with would be people who would be working in the industry after school and they would be really valuable relationships to have because I, I had heard that you know it's it's about who you know that's important you get a network and USC especially celebrates the Trojan family and this really strong alumni network that they have so I split my time between the theater school and my fraternity and socially I hung out mostly with Greek life and that ended up being not a good use of my time, I think. I've already talked to Eli about Greek life, and he said he's not going to join a fraternity. I love him. Smart kid. I love him. He's going to be fine. I'm not worried about it. And he also chose the film school, which is incredible. They have such different resources than the theater school yeah. have. So, you know, I think Eli's looking good. I'm just looking back at the things that I did where I think college is the period of my life where I made the most mistakes that had the longest lasting impact on my life. So the combination of me not being allowed to work, and I did try to go to Groundlings. That that wasn't working out. So anyway, yeah, I don't know. I think getting life experience is important for actors. Just remember that the life that you're living for yourself is the well that you draw from. So there are ways to go to school and be really creative and really be involved in the university and use the tools that are at your disposal. Being in a fraternity was a complete waste of my time. I'm not friends with those guys anymore. I drank way too much because I just felt stuck. I felt like, okay, these are the friends I need to be making. The way to impress those guys and get love from those guys, or what you think is love at the time, is by drinking the most. It was just the most toxic masculinity environment I could have put myself in. And that was a huge mistake. So admittedly, I think a lot of my negativity towards college and the reason that I feel like I probably would have been further along if I hadn't gone to college wasn't about being at USC. It was about being in a fraternity. Right. But I don't know what it would have been like if I hadn't gone to college. And I don't know if coming out here to LA without really any connections or much training would have been any more fruitful than going to college and getting that good theater training that I got. So what is the best way to make most of your time by not going to college. What what I will say is that you you know so many of the classics because you went to college. And I admire that. And I think that's really incredible. By not going to college, first of all, if you do go, and I think this is something that I have been looking at for years because I went to my first semester at NYU and had to come back. But I I still want to finish college And I said I was going to switch my major to a psychology major instead because I've heard from a lot of actors that that's something that you can do that's not acting, 
but it's something that you can use when you are acting. And it's really helpful in roles and understanding characters and understanding other characters that you're in a scene with. So I always just thought that was really valuable. Now, not going to college, you'd essentially, I would think, in my humble opinion, I think you'd have to just work at exactly what we were just talking about. You would have to find ways to be on a set as much as you can, find ways to audition as much as you can. And when I say be on a set, I don't mean you got to be the leading role in something. I mean, go be an extra in something so that you know how to exist on a set. I did extra work when I was little. That's a lot of how I learned how to be on a set. That's a lot of where I learned hurry up and wait because especially as an extra, they're like, we need you here at this certain time. We need you to do this. We need you to wear this. We need you to go from this place to this place. Great. You got the blocking. Let's wait for four hours now. So I learned really young as an extra, like so much of that hurry up and wait aspect of being on a set, which is, I'm going to be really honest with you, a huge part of being on the set. Mm -hmm. They'll rush you through everything and then they'll be like, great, now you're waiting for three hours until we actually shoot it. <laughs> you're like, dude, for lack of a better term, immerse yourself mm. uh, in everything you can because, I don't know, that's how I... That's how I did it. It's different for everyone. But I just think being around it, being around creative people and being around creative friends really helps. Going to see shows and doing what I do and not... I mean, not that I don't pay attention to the show, but I pay so much more attention to the technicality of everything because I want to know, you know, when I'm watching a movie, if I see a really cool effect... I don't think, oh, that's a cool effect. I go, how did they do that? I want to know how they did that. Classes, acting classes is a really great, really great thing. It's so different for everyone, especially with acting classes. But if you find a class that you really like and really speaks to you, I think that's really important. Growing up, I went to acting classes for years. And I, oh man, I hated it. I was so scared to go every week. I made, I tried to make every excuse possible not to go every week because I felt so uncomfortable and I, I knew I loved acting, but going to the classes was so, I was so nervous all the time. I was so fearful. I just, it was not a class that was speaking to me, but I was so young, so I didn't understand that. I just was so confused because I loved acting, but hated acting classes. Yeah. So it wasn't until I went to the playground and I met Gary Spatz and Gayla Gale, who are my coaches now and have been since True Jackson, it wasn't until I met them and saw their techniques of doing things that I understood why I loved acting and I was excited to go to acting class. Like in my in my older classes, I remember the teachers would come in and they were they were cool teachers. You know, one of them was on Napoleon Dynamite and he came and taught a lot of guest classes and stuff like that. And the teachers were very nice, but when they would give me notes, I just didn't none of it computed and it wasn't until I went to the playground and Gala was essentially like we're trying to put real life on camera that's what acting is is a scene that could potentially happen in real life but just being recorded mm. so you need to make it as natural as possible hmm. and it wasn't until those words were said to me that I was like oh that's what acting is I was taught that acting is just saying these lines and having a certain emotion attached to this line because somebody told you that emotion needed to happen. 
I had no idea there was any other option. And that's when acting became fun for me. That's when, because it was fun, I learned the most. So yes, go to acting classes, but like go to acting classes that speak to you. Yeah. Not one that someone's like, this is a really incredible class. Or like, this is an expensive, high class teacher who's taught, you know, all the A-list artists. That doesn't matter so much as does this class speak to you? Do you understand it? And does it make you excited? Because if you're not excited, you're not going to learn anything. Mic drop. If you were going to college now, mm -hmm. what would you, let's say that you are going to get the full four-year experience. What would you study and how would you use that? Psychology. Okay. Easily. And would you try to like I have a training business, would you try to be a psychologist and have some clients but then also be acting or would you do one or the other? Interesting. I wouldn't be opposed to doing both of them. Yeah. You know, por qué no los dos? Por qué no? Por qué no? I also, I've found that I feel more fulfilled when I have a nice balance in my life of, of work and of like acting work and other things going on. So that's just another reason I wouldn't really be opposed to that, just because it would make my life more full, I think. Yeah. If you could do college over again, what would you do? Besides not joining a fraternity. Well, I wouldn't join a fraternity. <laughs> <laughs> I would I would have played, but you still do need some kind of a community, so I probably would yeah. have played sports. I don't think I could have made well I know I couldn't have made the basketball team or the tennis team at USC I think I might have been able to make the baseball team at USC the only yes. reason I didn't try was um after my heart surgery I had taken some time off so I didn't get recruited but I know some of the guys who played and I played with them in little league and um I just feel like if I walked on I probably could have eventually made the team mm. so maybe that what would I have studied Probably, I would have loved to get a couple minors, or I would have loved a program that gives you like some exposure to a bunch of things. I don't know mm -hmm. which of these my major would have been. Maybe business major, and then if you can do like film directing minor, screenwriting minor, and like a theater or musical theater minor. Mm -hmm. I don't think I needed a major in theater. It is nice that I've read a lot of the classics, but... It would have just been nice to study more things. Yeah. Wider variety. I actually, at the time, kind of resented all my elective classes that I had, but I wish I could have just taken elective after, after elective, you know? Because mm. what did I take? Like, social justice. I took a couple of writing classes, which were amazing. It was like, like professional essay writing. And you're reading, like, Plato's Republic and writing something about it. Those were wow. great classes. Like, I yeah. took... I took a film power in American history course that I loved. You know, just like these mm -hmm. really, whatever you want. Mm -hmm. I think NYU actually does a little more of, allows for that. They have a program called the Gallatin program, and you can essentially create your own major and minor. Yes. You can do whatever you want. There's a rumor. I don't know if this is true. I feel like I should look this up because I've said it for years. There is a rumor that somebody graduated from the Gallatin program for basket weaving underwater. I heard that. I heard somebody applied to major in sarcasm and got denied. Yeah. <laughs> Marry me. Yeah. 
uh, that would have been nice to do. But but again, the reason that I joined the fraternity was for a sense of community. Yeah. And if I didn't do baseball, I would have maybe could have done student government or one of the clubs or something. Those all just being honest, those all kind of seemed nerdy to me at the time because I was in a frat and I was like, so cool. Oh no, it's the bro voice. Bro, really? Honestly, there's nothing cooler than being in a frat. <laughs> if you're not in a frat, what are you doing? What do they call them? G- if you're a GDI, that means goddamn independent. Are you kidding? Yeah, because it was like, uh, it sounded like Phi Kappa Psi. Uh, oh, come on. GDI. Gamma Delta Iota. Go wow. That, that was, if you're not in anything. Wow. Yeah. And then they would just shorten it and say, Jeed. Oh, you're a Jeed. Ugh. Couldn't be a Jeed. Ew. It was gross. Ew. I know. Um, anyway, I think Eli will, will be fine. He's studying film. I'll probably stay exposed to a lot of good things. There's so many great things at the university. That was the problem is you have this university with like endless connections and resources and I was spending 25% of my time there and 75% at this <laughs> dumpy motel looking frat with just disgusting like last night's vomit mopped up and you know beer everywhere and just it's like the floor was sticky and that's where I spent most of my time. So then Ew. you try to be creative. You try to write something. And what's your content going to be about? Like chugging beer. Like what other influence are you getting to make interesting art? We had such different college experiences. Yeah. I spent 80% of my time at my dorm. Hmm. I had two awesome roommates. I loved them so much. Instantly friends with both of them. We had our own bathroom because anyway, you can all their dorms are converted hotel rooms, so there's no communal bathrooms. We all just get like a bathroom to our room, which is awesome. Our crazy nights out were like dinner <laughs> down the street. Oh boy. <laughs> crazy days I'd go to the bean and get my dirty chai what was the drunkest you got in college what was like a party I didn't you went drink after? in college oh that's right because you didn't start until you were 22 mm-hmm. oh my god I didn't drink once in I college forgot. that's baffling good for you I was also the I mean I was what 18 when I went 19 when I went yeah and I was still on Nickelodeon so I was there was never going to be a chance where I compromised myself you know what I mean I was never gonna somebody couldn't take a photo of you out drinking at a party and I was never I never would have put myself in that position I (laughs) I went to my roommate's winter formal because I'd never been to a school dance because I was homeschooled and her sorority was having a little winter formal at this bar and restaurant somewhere and she's like do you want to go and I said sure so we dressed up she got her makeup done at mac like I didn't, I like just learned how to curl my hair. So I like curled my hair and we looked so pretty and we went, uh, we got there and we spent like five minutes there with like our Sprite and someone got busted for underage drinking Oh! and we could literally hear the sirens like coming towards this building. (laughs) 
When I tell you we ran the hail out of that, we ran, got right back on the train, got right back to the dorms. And Amazing. within like an hour of us, like leaving, going to that party and coming back, we had changed back into sweatpants and like full face of makeup, curly hair, but like back into sweatpants and like just like, ate fast food that night. That was probably the craziest thing that happened to me in college, but I didn't drink when I was in college. Wow. And it was cr- it was terrifying because I was on Nick and I was like I can't be at this party. I also didn't do anything, but I'm here. Yeah, you would have been in trouble by I would have been in trouble there. just by being there. And yeah. I was like I'm a guest. I'm not even a part of this sorority. And you weren't drinking, you weren't doing no, anything. No, I wasn't doing anything. Yeah. We had literally just gotten there and mm-hmm. then somebody was like somebody called the cops. Somebody at the restaurant called the cops cuz somebody's drinking. And we, like, booked it out of there. Unreal. I love those stories, though, of running from cops when uh, <laughs> you're underage drinking. I've, oh, God. I mean, um, we'll do an episode. We won't do this, but we could do a full episode on parties I've been at where police came and you had to run or hide from, from police officers. Wow. It's a thrill. How, did you, like, when you got on the train and got back to your dorm room and you were safe, didn't you feel like... That was the best winter formal you could have possibly get, gone to. Was oh that yeah, I was one? like, I feel like it felt like such a rite of passage for me because I was like, oh, this is what it feels like to be a teenager. Because yeah. I'd been, you know, I'd been working for so long, and I will say we did not change back into our sweatpants. I was wrong about that. We there's a place that we love in New York called Budokan. It's one of my favorite, like, really fancy restaurants. You need a reservation and you have to dress up when you're there. But because we were all dressed up. We're like, well, let me see if there's any reservations at Budokan. And you can't be late for the reservation. And we found that there was like one reservation and it was... Like 11 p.m. or something? Yeah. And it was getting close to that time too, whatever the time of the reservation was. And they were like, would you like it? We have one last one for the night. And we booked it right back. I think we took a taxi. Oh, that's fun. And like we went and just had like a really nice dinner and then right back into sweatpants. Okay. That's nice. Yeah. It was cute. Good. It's my like only school dance story Uh, (laughs) my only real one kiki's 16th birthday party was a prom for you know her and all her friends who didn't get prom okay but that wasn't i go to school this was my only school dance that's right oh wow completely different college completely different college experiences i'll just to mirror that tell you how we would prepare for dances uh, they were called exchanges. So there's a couple of different ones. You went to a formal. That's where you invite a girl. Those are typically a little more refined, where you would take the girl to a dinner beforehand. Everybody's, like, on their own, doing their own thing. You might get a group of, like, eight of your closest friends in the house. They all take their dates. You go out to... A lot of the time we did, like, sushi, because you can sake bomb, and that was um, that was fun. Then you get on the bus. You go to some venue. It's a club and whatever, and you do that. And that's with like one girl. But the exchanges were a little more, just a little more rowdy. That was a full sorority and one full fraternity did an event together. So nobody's asking any individual girl on a date. But the way we would prepare for those, they were always themed. So uh, we always did paint party every year. That was like our most famous, I guess, exchange of the year. And so we would start drinking uh, an hour or two before and get get like heavily sauced up to go uh, pick up the girls. And we always, right before we left the house, we did a mosh pit. We played Shipping Up to Boston. And... Uh, 
just got in the quad. Our house was like a motel-shaped building with an open-air uh, quad in the middle of it. It was concrete, and there was like one tree in the corner uh, with fake grass around it. And they would just, from the house speakers, play shipping up to Boston as loud as you could. And I remember I used to get pretty into that because you're just pushing guys and like beer is flying, you know, sometimes the hose would be on just to like make it more intense. And uh, I elbowed a guy in the nose pretty hard and he got mad at me. He was a year younger than me, but he was like three inches taller than me. And uh, unintentional, I just like, you know, somebody pushed me back and I jump and I kind of elbow him in the nose and I was like, you can't get mad. Can't get mad. It's this is what it is. I was in it. I was so brainwashed. And then you go to their house and you knock on their door and then they sing a song to you. And we sing a song to them. And both songs are absolutely vile. The words are all so degrading, so sexual, so just like they're like chants and everybody in each house knows exactly what they are like cheerleaders you you know all the words you learn it in your pledging experience and and then you go and the paint party was basically we had like water balloons filled up with paint and uh, everybody wore white wore all white and we went to venues somehow restaurants allowed us to go and be in like their courtyard there was one restaurant we went to for three years until they finally said, no, you can't come do this anymore. And we just threw paint balls at each other, paint-filled water balloons at each other. This is the man I'm going to marry. Not anymore. <laughs> no, no, no. So we had the same college experience, basically. Me smell. Me smell. <laughs> <laughs> wow. That's just one of many stories that you've told me. I've been like, Wow. That's why I say you, you had enough college for the both of us. I did. And then there was usually open bars at the venue, which really takes some experience to do an open bar well. Because your first one, you usually just take too many shots early in the night, and then you're just done. You're just out. you got to pace yourself. You've got to learn how to pace. And it takes four good years of college to really, <laughs> really hone in on that skill, so... Among so other skills. You you would say you you hold your alcohol pretty well because you're Irish and mm. also four years of college. I guess. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I love I love hearing you talk about college. I don't feel like I missed anything in college. Mm-hmm. But it is fun hearing your experiences. Being like, oh good, I'm glad one of us has experienced that. I mean, it didn't completely ruin my life. I'm still here. I'm still, like, a productive member of society now. But, uh, you know, I do have these wild stories, I guess. It's awesome. I have no wild story. That's my my winter formal was the only wild story I had. And then the one night that they turned off the water in the in our building, and in order to use the restrooms, we had to walk across the park to Bob's library. That's it. That's all I got. I love you so much. I love you. It was crazier for me going back to Washington Square Park, mm-hmm. re- like last year when I was there doing a show. That experience in the park was crazier than anything that had happened to me in that park when I was actually at school. 
I had a lot of creepy, creepy, creepy people talk to me. Yeah, you called me to uh, <laughs> make it seem like you were on the phone and couldn't be bothered. Yeah, there was this one guy kind of waiting in a place where there weren't too many people in the park, and it's kind of like towards the towards an entra- entrance slash exit of the park. And he kind of caught me and kept talking to me, and I texted Mick and was like, SOS, call me immediately. And then he did, and then it happened again, like, 20 minutes later. And all I wanted to do was go back to my park and sit and have a n- nice lunch. Yeah. And nothing like that happened when I was at school. Yeah. Well, there's not much to be said on the career update portion of the podcast today. No, because it's been... One week since our last solo episode. Duo episode, I guess. That's right. Well, it's going to be hard to keep track because we're, full discretion, we're recording three in a row in back-to-back days because we're home in L.A. for a few days and then we've been in Laguna with my family, so we're going to head back down there. I don't know which order we'll release these in, but... No idea. It doesn't matter too much. Um, I wish there was an option to upload all three and then just like surprise us with one <laughs> on <a> Monday. <laughs> but I don't think that can happen. Yeah. But I want to just end and say good luck to Eli Staub. Eli, we're so proud of you. <laughs> it sounds like we're his parents. We're so proud of you and we're so happy for you. And no one, truly no one deserves this more. That kid is, God, he's so talented in so many ways. And we're super proud to know him and super proud that he got into his dream school. I feel more like his older cousin. And I told him if he needs anything at USC, um, which he really doesn't. And he's going to be just fine. I feel like somehow he knows more about USC than than you. He's researched it much better than I had by the time I arrived there. And he's just such a driven kid. He's going to immerse himself in the environment. It's a little bit of an adjustment, but, like, he's going to do great. Really excited for him. And fight on. Fight on. Oh. Are we ending this episode with... College is. One word. College is an adventure. College is messy.